Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and I can't be more excited uh, for a number of reasons. Well, first of all, I got some sleep after the Vigor Ground Summit, which was kind of not there for a little bit. And second of all, I get to talk to my friend, Kelsey Heenan, and I hope I said the last name right. Yes, you did. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. Um, from actually, I mean, I'm going to have her go deep into like what what she does and what they do. Um, but they, they run a company called Hitburn, amongst other things. And uh, and her incredible story and just really talk about well, a lot, a lot. I want to talk about everything from your story to coaching, to what you guys do, um, to how you guys are affecting the industry. I think like you're one of the, the people that does an incredible job on social media in a space where, let's just say there's a lot of bullshit, right? Where it's like sometimes, you know, the, the being big and having a lot of followers doesn't necessarily kind of correlate to impact and doing things the right way, at least in my opinion. So um, first of all, thank you for being on the show and hanging around and sticking around to, uh, to shoot videos, do this which is phenomenal. But the first thing I wanted to dig into, which is, you know, you guys talked about and you personally talked about your story and what got you into coaching. Like for me, that, that was a big thing to share with people. Like what was the thing that got me into coaching? Because it was it was some trauma. I would say some bad things that, that led to some really good things. And, you know, being in what I feel is the best kind of vocation that you can have. Um, so I'd really love to dig into that and, and have you share this powerful story with all the listeners. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Pleasure. It's always My fun pleasure. to hang out. Um, but yeah, so I, I agree. I think that sometimes things happen in life that aren't ideal, but sometimes it's the hardest things that lead us to where we're supposed to be. So. Agreed. That was really my story and what led me into coaching was an experience that happened to me when I was in college. So do you want me to dig into it? Absolutely. And first of all, you played ball, which makes me love you even more. <laughs> um, but I know that's part of it there, too. But, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to hear the like that whole transition, because, well, first of all, like, I think people need to hear tough things because so many, uh, you know, sometimes people that somebody may look up to they don't know the backstory and they don't know what got them there. It's really easy to look at, you know, especially in this kind of like social media world now, we go like, oh my God, like they're doing this and they're, you know, they're like this certain way that I want to be like, and they can't see the other part, the struggle, right? And and a lot of times that can connect people to, hey, like even if you're in a bad place, even if you're going through adversity and struggles, like you can do incredible things. Like no matter where you are, no matter who you are, you can do incredible things. And I feel that like, you know, your story is one of those things that not only is it's incredible, but inspires, mm -hmm. right? People to see that they can change. So I'd love for you to share that. Yeah. Thank you. So back in college, I played basketball mm -hmm. and that's where I met my husband, Dennis, uh, was when we were playing basketball. And I grew up being one of the best usually <laughs> on my teams. And I was always the hardest worker type A personality where I just love to get things done and do it well. And I had always been super responsible. And so going into college, I had all of this experience and all of these expectations behind me. And once I got to college, it was at a pretty high level. It was a small school, but we played mm -hmm. all the best uh, teams in the country. And so being a small fish in a big pond, I, I struggled with, with this huge transition and wasn't getting the playing time that I wanted and just felt beat down a lot because I had never gone through some of these things. And so throughout that experience, I said, okay, 
I need to recenter myself here and figure out how can I get better and how can I be able to perform my best because I know that I can do better than this. And I just always had super high expectations for myself. So in the name of being able to get better and more fit, I started working out more and I started eating healthier. And I put that in air quotes for the listeners, (laughs) Uh, what I perceive to be healthier. And so I started putting these different food rules in place, trying to be able to get into better shape, to be able to run faster um, and all of this kind of stuff. And I really had the most positive intentions in that. And I really just wanted to get better. And as I started to do that, I started to uh, lose a little bit of weight and things started to kind of progress really quickly where I put even more rules in place and all of a sudden it spiraled into something that I couldn't control. And I lost 30% of my body weight within a couple of months and I'm five foot 11 and an ectomorph and didn't have any weight to lose. So it was the type of thing where I was trying to just get better and it turned into these restrictive habits that overtook everything that I was. And I went to the doctor, eventually I'll get there, but uh, I developed anorexia and um, exercise compulsions that I couldn't control. And it was really scary because I, like I had said, I'd always been able to trust myself. I had always been the kind of person who was responsible and knew exactly what I was doing. And eventually I got to this point where I was completely out of control and had no idea what was going on. And I thought that I was doing everything to control my circumstances and in that process, I lost control completely. So it was this really weird flip that happened. And there were a lot of things that happened along the way that were uh, signs that things were going wrong, but I didn't really pick up on them until it was this point where it was almost too late in a sense where I got so sick that I had to quit basketball because my heart rate was so low that I could go into cardiac arrest. And all of these things were really scary, but, uh, there is a good ending to the story. <laughs> Do you mind me asking, like, through that process, um, you know, it's, it's some of the things you bring up, like, I'm so in tune with because yeah. I was a type personality, same mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to get better. I'm gonna, I could do whatever. Actually, at, at, at 17, I, I got, which is kind of like a really young age, they had overtraining syndrome, like yeah. true overtraining syndrome, yeah. right? Depression, couldn't sleep, uh, had to go to doctors all the time, right? But it was it, it's similar, like all yeah. these rules. At that point in time, and I know for me, there, there wasn't anybody that was like, hey, um, this probably isn't a good idea, right? It, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I got a lot of like, oh, you're the hardest worker, mm-hmm. um, which would even kind of almost spur more of it yes. type of sc- scenario. But like, did you, in in the groups that you were in, whether it was friends or family or, um, you know, coaches, did you get somebody who was like, hey, this might not be a good idea or like, hey, like this is leading in a certain direction? Like what what was that kind of environment like? Well, that's a great question, because like you said, initially, everyone was like, oh, you're the hardest worker. You're yeah. always doing extra, going above and beyond or you always eat so healthy and you never, you know, eat foods that are, quote unquote, bad, things like that. And so people would give positive feedback to the work and rules that I had been putting in place. So they just continued to go forward and become more impactful. But after a while, there were a couple different things that happened where I had these episodes and were just really scary. And that's when my uh, fiance at the time, Dennis really brought it up and said, Hey, this, there's something going on here. We need to, to get this checked out. And uh, he told me, 
either you tell your parents or I'm going to tell them. And so it was a, an ultimatum type situation where uh, eventually I, I told my parents and said, hey, I, I think there's something going on here. And my mom flew out the next day. That's when we went to the doctor. And the doctor mm-hmm. told me that I had to stop playing. I couldn't do any exercise. And I eventually had to go into treatment. Wow. And how, how long was that process from? I mean, did you when, when you heard that, first of all, like, how do you feel at that point in time when you hear that? Are you like thankful that, you know, it's brought up and it's like how serious it is? Or are you like kind of, I guess, devastated also by the fact that, man, I can't play. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like I have to take time off. But this is the the, the thing that I do. Yeah, it was all of the emotions because. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're when you're in the darkest places like that and you have those types of compulsions, in a way, you're like, everyone else is crazy. I have no idea what they're yeah, talking I, about. I, I'm just working hard yeah. and I am making myself better and they don't understand. Mm. And then there were also moments where I said in my head, there's something going on. I don't understand this. Like episodes that I talked about at the Vigor Ground Summit, things like when I ordered a pizza with Dennis on the 4th of July and I hadn't eaten pizza in forever and I opened the box and this ooey gooey cheese and it smells so good and it looks amazing and to everyone in the world that would be something that looked delicious but as soon as I opened that box and I saw it and I smelled it instant panic and I just absolutely freaked out and I started sobbing couldn't handle it and said I cannot eat this I will not eat this and that was the first time that I had something go off like a light bulb go off in my head and say I think that there's something Mm. wrong and that was a really scary moment for me. And I had lots of episodes like that. And then once I got into treatment, it was kind of a fear factor situation where they would do some exposure stuff and bring my most feared foods and create a safe environment with my mom and with Dennis, where they brought the family in to help support along the way. But it was a fear factor thing where it's like, here's pasta. You're terrified of that. Here's dessert. You're terrified of that. Here's a big juicy burger. You're terrified of that. Mm. And so I had to go through these things that I was most afraid of and be able to conquer them. I think that, uh, thank you for sharing that. First of all, very powerful. Like what do you, rather than me going like, this is what I think, what for people that are in that scenario, and it may be different, right? Um, Like I said, whether it's, you know, that, that whole idea of health consciousness and not being able to eat any, mm-hmm. you know, bad per se foods, um, or maybe it's something else, but like, yeah. what do you feel are some things that, um, that are, are the great next step for somebody to do if they even feel that they're in that mm-hmm. situation? Like, you know, you're not like, Oh, I'm 100% sure that this is how it's happening to right. me, but, but you're like, you know what? maybe something's wrong, maybe something's off, or maybe some people that I do care about brought things up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even though you're like, ah, they're crazy, they don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you feel are some steps that somebody, looking back now, and mm-hmm. you, what are some steps that you feel like they could take, you know, to see if they need help and need support? Yeah, that's a great question because it's such a fine line and gray area. And a lot of people experience disordered eating or disordered workout habits without having a diagnosed eating Mm -hmm. disorder. And so it's something that a lot of people, even, even if they don't have a full on eating disorder, live in this space where they have so many different rules and anxieties around it. And Mm -hmm. so that's, you know, really what I like to teach now. But if you, 
are someone who is really experiencing extreme restrictive habits uh, or binge purge behaviors or exercise compulsions that are uh, really overwhelming, it's really important to talk to someone that you love right away because the earlier you catch these things, the easier it is to start working through them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many people go years and years of their life without addressing them, but you don't have to live that way. And it's so possible to fully overcome it, but it's really important to a talk to talk to a loved one and explain how you're feeling. Even if you have this, uh, you know, devil on your shoulder, angel on your shoulder, that's kind of pulling you in both directions, just get it out there. And then I can give you a list of professional resources to look into after the show. For sure. Uh, Because there are so many great places out there that can help work through it. But first it's just talking to someone that you know. Yeah, definitely. One, I'll put that in the show notes 100%. Um, Two, I really love that you brought this up because even though um, I feel it's an issue not with maybe even someone that's, you know, gone super far down the rabbit hole but like that whole i mean i know you talk to people that are like well i i, I don't think i should eat this mm-hmm. you know it's like why not right well because it's a bad food or it's mm-hmm. oh you know i just don't eat that food or i'm trying to get healthy and then there's just this dogma and like you know uh, this is in this pocket and this in this pocket and it, and if i start seeing you know as a coach if i start seeing a pattern of that over and over and over again and there's a lot of anxiety around and i'm, I'm sure this because one of the things that you brought up right like yeah. If there's a massive anxiety around seeing a food and and it's like, oh, my God, I I can't do this. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to start looking into that a little bit and addressing it because food is not, you know, uh, first of all, you know, categorizing it as good or bad by itself already kind of creates this uh, this issue. Right. Um, Of an understanding of of kind of like that. Look, there's a lot of foods that are are perfectly fine. Right. Mm It's just like, okay, what is your goal? You know, what is what is health? You know, how can we move along this continuum to a better place? Mm-hmm. But um, I think what's really, really important is that I always said the relationship that you have with food. And, and you know, I come from Europe. So it's food, like, means social gatherings yes. and love. And, like, hey, I want to express my, my care for you and, mm-hmm. you know, my friendship to you, my love to you by creating some food that you'll enjoy, mm-hmm. which I feel is phenomenal. And I, I feel like that shouldn't ever be taken away yeah. because it's such a big part of who we are as human beings. And so if you start getting into this place, like, you know, imagine we're in Italy all on a trip, there's yeah. friends and it's like, this is the best pasta pizza place. And we sit down and that you can't enjoy this experience because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, pasta, carbs, not good. I'm mm-hmm. going to get fat, right? Or oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. This is unhealthy, right? Like, if you're ever in that space, I feel that, you know, you even if you don't feel like, uh, hey, you're, you're, you're binge eating or doing this, that or the other, I feel it's something that you have to address. And I, I know that you teach this, which, I, which is what I love. I love that you're you're teaching this and that you're coaching this um, as part of your programs. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd love to, like, share some of that, like, as far as the direction that you go um, with people and, and, and some of the things that you see when people reach out to you, right? Because yeah. I know when you start running your programs that I'm sure people are like, man, that's how I feel. And how do you go about just helping them kind of change that relationship with food and see things in a bit of a different way? Yeah, that's a great question because 
I don't treat eating disorders. That's for medical professionals. Absolutely. And that's yeah. something that's really important mm -hmm. that if you need medical treatment that you go get yes. that treatment. <laughs> but where I love to help people is really in that relationship with food, mm -hmm. understanding the basic X's and O's of nutrition and fitness to be able to come up with plans that are, are helpful to help people get the results. But the mindset aspect is so crucial in order to be able to make it a lifestyle. And like you were talking about, like in Europe, it's, it's all about the culture. Like food is so much more than just nutrients. Of course it is nutrients, but it's also, it's your family, it's art, it's so many different yes, things. Absolutely. And so understanding that it can be this holistic thing is really important. And then also just elements of, like you said, good and bad foods. It's, I love talking about this as, as something really tangible for people because so, sometimes, most of the time, people put these labels on food, whether it be good, bad, clean, dirty, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I understand the reasoning behind it because it's so important to be educated about nutrients and what they do because a lot of people struggle with that and not understanding how foods fuel their body or eating a ton of processed foods, things like that. So it's really important to understand the difference between nutrients. However, when you put labels on it like good and bad, it attaches this morality to it. And that yes. is why so many people feel guilty, stressed, anxious when they eat these perceived bad foods, when it doesn't have to be labeled that way. And when you have that overarching mindset around it, it makes it so much easier to make healthy choices consistently, but still enjoy any food periodically. And that allows people to get into consistent habits versus this cycle of, okay, I'm being so quote unquote good. I haven't screwed up or cheated at all. And that's something like another word, cheat, mm -hmm. you know, having a cheat meal. I understand that it may feel like semantics, but to so many people, they really internalize these words yes. and it becomes something like I am a bad person because I cheated on my diet when it's like no you're choosing moments where you're being more flexible because it's a cultural thing or because mm -hmm. you've been consistent and you want to enjoy something periodically so it's important to understand that yes it could be semantics but it's also important to see that it goes a lot deeper yeah and it's, there's two things that I feel need to happen one is education yeah right you have to educate people around like the truth yeah. right that you really have to right because if you broke down i mean this is uh i can't even remember where i heard this but you know if, if you actually look at the ingredients in a banana mm -hmm. it would read as if it was like the ingredients on maybe a diet coke can right totally. right it's just chemicals yes. like a banana is made out of chemicals right and then if you take the burger same thing and if you take like everything's made out of of, of chemicals essentially right and so and that makes for a lot of people when I showed them that mm -hmm. they were like, what? That's in a banana. <laughs> you just drank the bang. And I was and I'm yes. not look, I'm not saying like, you know, drink bangs all day long. They're super right. healthy. But but there has to be this understanding of macronutrients and micronutrients yes. and like what affects your body in certain ways so that we can detach that label of yes. good and bad food. And um, so that's that's a huge thing. I always say educate your prospects, your clients, mm -hmm. the marketplace, so that they know what is true and what is mm -hmm. best for them. Um, right. The second part of it is when you when you say like the labeling, and I always have th this, this thought process, and people ask me, how do you build confidence or self-esteem? Mm -hmm. Like it's a huge thing, right? And I always looked at it as a, um, as a bank account. So if you do something that you say to yourself you're going to do, you put a credit in a self-esteem mm -hmm. bank account, right? And if you don't, you put a debit in there. Mm -hmm. 
And if you keep saying, I'm going to do this and then you don't, you know, eventually you get, you become bankrupt in self-esteem, right? Like, and you don't have any self-esteem to take on. Like, but if you constantly do, Hey, tomorrow I'm going to get up, I'm going to go for a walk in the morning and you do it, boom, credit in the bank account, right? Uh, Hey, later on, I'm going to, you know, journal for 10 minutes, boom, right? And and over time you build these credits in a self-esteem bank account. So even if sometimes you fall off and don't do stuff, it doesn't really affect you because you have Mm -hmm. enough in there. But when you don't, like, then you stop believing yourself, right? Because you you're have you bankrupt. And so you're like, hey, tomorrow uh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get a workout in with Kelsey at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. before I go to work, right? And you, you get up, you sn- like, you don't even believe yourself that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to share that because I wanted to connect those two things, right? If you start believing um, when it comes to nutrition that a food is bad and you eat that bad food, takes a a big dent in your you know kind of a bank account Mm -hmm. of self-esteem and now all of a sudden you start creating the 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 fear of it right and of course what does fear create anxiety anxiety creates all these emotional responses which actually lead you usually because a lot of people deal with with i would say emotions by eating right Mm -hmm. and if you've uh you've heard you've heard of uh, the halt uh right hungry hungry angry lonely Mm -hmm. or tired right it's like am i hungry am i angry am i lonely or tired Mm -hmm. Because these emotions drive eating. So when you start labeling that, it becomes this really, really stressful world, right? Because it's like, hold on, does that fall in line with a good food mm-hmm. or is it a bad food, right? right? But Oh, but I, there's nothing else. Where I really want that, right? Versus having right. St- understanding of nutrition and strategies. Right. And now all of a sudden, like that stress comes low. Yeah, I was going to do that. But you know what? I have the Snickers bar and then I'm just going to adjust, you know, adjust what I eat later on. Um, and that's okay. Right. Cause I know the rules and I know that I have, I'm educated on this. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you brought it up because it's like, how do we detach those two things? And I feel those are a couple of ways that that happens. Totally. And it's important too to, to have that basic understanding because, you know, in, in a generalized world where, you know, foods are good and bad, like a banana, you know, could be considered good and chicken could be considered good. However, they fuel your body completely differently. Mm-hmm. So it's like having a basic understanding of the differences and what they do allow you to make choices for what your body needs. And then also what do you feel like eating? So being able yes. to honor what you enjoy and what you want to eat and also how the foods for your body will allow you to be empowered to not even need good or bad labels, but understand the nutrients within food and then also honor your hunger, honor what you enjoy and have that all work as an ecosystem. That's great. So it's basically like, what do I like and love? Yes. What's the goal? Yeah. Look at all these options I have, right? Like totally. And and even, even the options of what maybe somebody would consider bad. Hey, I'm going to go for, man, we're doing a Spartan race. Right. uh, And I'm pretty low on energy. All right. Well, you know what? It's cool if I have this Snickers bar and some other, you know. Totally. Some quick energy that's going to fuel you. Yeah. It's all about understanding what it is. Exactly. So always, and, and that's what, you know, what I love about like how you guys are doing things because there is such a big education component mm-hmm. and it's, it's put into these, I would say really real world terms, mm-hmm. right? Where it doesn't become, you know, like people have so much to deal with in their lives. They got so much stuff going on with his kids and work and, you know, all the relationships and, you know, building your career and all these other things. Like if you create complexity, you know, out of, uh, I would say things like nutrition and mm-hmm. fitness, you know, it's, it becomes another thing that become, it's stressful, right? Or, or like, oh man, how do how would I do this? This is really really complicated. Um, and I feel like as as fitness professionals, that 
you know, we have to take the complexity mm-hmm. and put it into a very simple way to explain and in stories that people understand and to touch them and, and move them forward. And, you know, with that said, I, I wanted to kind of not, not, not necessarily take a step back, but like I, I really want uh, would like to have you share like what led from like, OK, that experience and what's the first kind of point that you remember that takes you down the route of going into, you know, helping people with changing their bodies and their lives and the way they uh, approach food and nutrition and fitness and, mm-hmm. and kind of stepping in that coaching realm? Like, what was that that trigger and how did that all start? Yeah. Well, when I was in treatment, I was, it was this, you know, period of time where we went through all of these different therapy sessions and had to face a lot of our fear foods and had sessions with our family, with the other patients that were there. And I had uh, this dream when I was in treatment and it was one of the last nights that I was there and I was in my dream and I was in this super dark basement and it was cold and I was tied up. My hands were behind my back, tied up with a rope. My ankles were tied up and I was laying with my face against the cement and it was just dark and cold and I was terrified and I just felt this, this, tightening of these ropes, the more and more I struggled and was just like, why is this happening to me? I don't understand what is going on, why I'm trapped here and why this is going on. And then all of a sudden, the ropes around my wrists and around my ankles just burst and frayed into thousands of pieces. And I heard this voice that said, these ropes are now so frayed, they're never going to grow back together again. And it got light in the room and then I woke up. And in that moment, I knew that I was gonna be healed and that things were gonna be better and that I was gonna be able to make change because of that. And I wasn't healed instantly in that moment. I had to put in work, I had to practice, I had to continue to go to therapy and treatment and work on these things. But I knew that by the end of this, I would be able to get through it and be able to help people because of it. So that was that was the first light that I knew that I was going to be able to help other people. And a couple of years later, after I had really worked hard and done the done the work and gotten treatment and practiced with myself and learned how to give myself more grace, I was completely free of symptoms. And at that point I knew, um, okay, eventually I want to be able to help people in their health and fitness because not everybody is going to go down the extreme road or be pulled into the extreme road of an eating disorder or an exercise disorder. However, so many people struggle in their relationship with food and exercise. So many people just want solutions that will help them be able to feel stronger, to feel more fit, to be able to eat foods that they enjoy, but be able to get results. And so that I knew was the space that I wanted to get into to help people create that ecosystem. And so in 2013, my husband Dennis started doing some online training. He had been a trainer before that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to join him a year later. So we made this goal that I would be able to join him online and we could create programs that helped people in their fitness and nutrition. And so that's what we did. So 2013 is when he started and then I joined him. And so that was, that's actually a pretty, I guess a pretty long time ago, I guess, considering for online, online coaching wasn't it was kind of the beginnings of online coaching. Yeah, like, sure. how did that look like? What was the first? Was it very, uh, I would say, um, 
one of those like where you're just doing stuff through email you don't have apps yet there's not these platforms and you're just kind of going that route yeah so so dennis and i had visions for what we wanted to create for for this online company Mm -hmm. and it's evolved so much over time as we've learned to develop our voice who we are who we serve and what people need and then also what works online and that is also always changing and so that's been a cool thing for my type a personality to learn is how to be more adaptable Mm. and that's been a really cool process for me to go through and so i mean when you talk about like it's changed a lot (laughs) um it at that point in time i mean was it just pretty much like look we're we're just gonna start somewhere like how do you you know do you do you remember for instance for you like how was it um, you know, getting your first client, for instance, like, yeah. do, you, do you remember maybe, uh, or one of the first clients, yeah. you know, how did that happen to even start coaching them online? Cause right. it is a pretty, I mean, six years ago, six, five, six years ago, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good, long time right now when we look at the online space. Um, and I, I think this will be helpful for anybody that's mm-hmm. listening also to, you know, the, that's afraid of, you know, whether it's a face-to-face coaching, online coaching, they're, they're a coach right now, uh, you know, kind of skin to skin, but they want to go online and there's that fear of like, how do I even do this? How do I do that? And I I think that'll be powerful, you know, to share like how, what was your experience back then? Yeah. So when Dennis first started, Mm -hmm. it was all through affiliate marketing. So, uh, he would create a program and then he would have this network of other affiliates who would mail to his product and Dennis would mail it to their products. And that's really how it started was through affiliate marketing. And then building the email list was basically, how we did it and then started doing some stuff on Facebook and testing some different things on Facebook, uh, just to through organic traffic, trying to figure out, okay, what is engaging, what gets people in the door, all that kind of stuff. And then we eventually started doing some Facebook advertising once we started to see, okay, this, this type of product, this type of, you know, lead gen, all this stuff works. Just getting good feedback, whatever got good feedback, whatever got good feedback, we would test everything. And then we just started scaling what was working. And then a couple years after that, I mean, we didn't start Instagram until mid 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cause instant, and that's, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Cause there's, there's definitely a number of points that I want to bring up that I think are super powerful. Um, and that I noticed like even your growth in the last year, sure. which has been nuts. Um, but on top of that was, were you guys hit burn already back then? Or no. did you add that, like the, the kind of the branding, the name? Yeah, we branded that later. So we, okay. when we first started, it was all superhero themed stuff. So Dennis looks like Clark Kent. And so he kind of ran this that. may or may not be true. You guys need to look up yeah, the handsome fellow, <laughs> look up the handsome fellow <laughs> right away. Human being. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we did a lot of superhero themed stuff okay. and which was awesome. But when I came in, we were trying to figure out what did we want to do to bring me more in as the face because I was doing a lot of the back end stuff mm-hmm. with with coaching and customer service and things like that. And so we wanted to bring me more into the videos and stuff. And so we we created this program together called Hitburn and it was based around interval training and it was the workouts that we were doing. And as we traveled, we traveled uh, the world for a couple of months just as we kind of took off and mm-hmm. we weren't making a ton of money at the time, but we were like, let's figure out how to make this work. And so we did interval training as we traveled. And so we created Hitburn and it really resonated with our audience and they loved it. And so we just continued to roll with that. And that was in 2015 that 2015. we came up with that. Do you feel like, uh, 
that it resonated with people mostly because, and th this is what I see, right? Like, um, I, I think it's so important, you know, in this weekend when um, I was interviewing uh, John Berardi, it, it was brought up about how, how, you know, most people do things that they think, you know, mm -hmm. people want or yeah. do or whatnot. Um, and j that we all have to get better at asking great questions mm -hmm. and like reading between the lines um, constantly asking for feedback, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard thing to do, right? Especially because you don't want to hear critical feedback, but we have to get really good at, like, savagely good at, at asking for feedback. And, I mean, obviously you guys have figured this out, but it, do, you, do you feel that it was because people were like, okay, this is something I can do, mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily need to go to the gym, mm -hmm. um, and I don't need to have, you know, an hour and a half or two hours out of my day but I can still get fit. Like, hey, you're showing me that I can get fit and I can get the results that I want without, um, you know, dedicating so much. I get space in my head and um, also fear because, you know, like I, I want a gym, obviously, and, and I work the big box gyms. And, you know, even though there are more memberships than ever uh, and a lot of people don't go and use that membership, <laughs> the majority of people are still like not going to gyms and that that was something that uh, resonated with people. And it, that's what they did is that was something that you saw. Yes, definitely. It, it's a huge thing for us to really survey our audience and see mm -hmm. what they wanted and needed and still continue to do that all the time. And the people that we serve, you know, don't have a ton of time. Maybe they have three kids at home and they have 20 minutes in their day mm. a couple times a week. They don't have time to go to the gym or maybe they can't afford a personal trainer or too intimidated to get a personal trainer. And they just have a short amount of time and they want to get something in quick at home and feel stronger and feel fit and more confident. And so those are the people that we serve. And it's been really cool to be able to see that feedback along the way. And it's been really helpful as we continue to create new programs and in our programming, the things that will allow them to be more successful. Like for example, uh, we've gotten uh, on some of our earlier programs, we would include a couple different pieces of equipment and different things like that. So if they were to go to a gym, maybe they would have to go from uh, this corner to the opposite corner of the gym and all of that. Yeah, but yeah. we really realized, okay, maybe they don't have that equipment at home. And a lot of people just either want to stay in one place. They, they want to they don't want to have to be traveling all over the place. Maybe they just have one set of dumbbells. What can we do with one set of dumbbells or a set of dumbbells and a bench? Mm -hmm. You know, things mm -hmm. that make it so accessible for everyone is, is something that has been really helpful for us. I, I think so. I'm going to give my viewpoint because, you know, coming up, like I, I obviously was in sports and trained and uh, most of the time had access to facilities, became, you know, sort of a meathead, obviously training hardcore. And, and today, uh, I mean, first of all, I still love training, right? Mm -hmm. And what I found from, for not only for myself, because I do, I travel a lot, like, you know, like you guys and find myself in small hotel gyms or no gym at all, or, you know, and, uh, you know, using obviously the, the, the knowledge that I've acquired, I'm like, well, who cares? Like, I'll just do a bodyweight workout. Oh, look, hill sprints. Oh, look, two dumbbells, plenty, right? Mm -hmm. Like you find these different ways. And so, and I've always been, you know, I've, 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 uh, like Pavel was my mentor, you know, the, the guy that pretty much brought kettlebells kind of to the U S and, and made him popular. Uh, I mean, was learning under him from 2003, 2002. Mm -hmm. So a long time. And so I, I in my first kind of one of, uh, these, I would say I, I got a little bit into that. Like I'm a kettlebell guy for a while. Yeah. Um, but love them, but they were very, very versatile. Right. So in what I started doing, well, I mean, years ago I started posting 
stuff that was like more body weight stuff or just one tool stuff yeah. and you know like hey like when I have, I'm short on time when I finish her you know I do these things and I was blown away by the response of that right because if I was like all right like, well here's you know the deadlifts in my full-blown workout and sure I mean people would love that too yeah. but the the overwhelming response of showing mobility circuits where you have nothing that you don't need anything and one bell and body weight and stuff like that it gave me feedback like wow like this is really like a huge huge market and you can help a lot of people but what i also you know if i stepped out of my own bias right because mm-hmm. my own bias is well for optimal this and this and that yeah. would be great if you have the gym and the barbell and the, sure. right but when i stepped out of it and said okay but for a person that wants to get very fit feel great feel confident build some muscle uh, you know, lean out, but be, 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 you know, have, uh, be more athletic and be able to do stuff in life. I mean, you know, I've built programs for people with one bell, two bells, and it's like got phenomenal results, right? And they could train three days a week, four days a week, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 20 minute workouts. And that is real. And I think it's important that, you know, uh, like I said, that we don't just look at the world through our, just our bias, mm-hmm. you know, and, and go like, well, yeah, but what's best is right. Right. And, and so I've gotten more, I would say, motivated because, you know, some, now people will say, well, dude, you know all this stuff. But like I see you putting all these you know, workouts for at home and I'm like, yeah, people love this stuff and they yeah. want more of it. And like now I'm getting, you know, tons of messages like, hey, could we get some shorter stuff for at home? Because I can, can't really go to the gym that much or I can go once to twice a week or whatever. Right. And so I think that's very, very, very powerful. Um, but like with that, I kind of wanted to just say, like, what are some things like what are some and obviously this is through your audience, right? That the the kind of feedback that you get of what people love and need that you guys are doing uh, that's helping them out, both from the standpoint of nutrition and from training. Like what are some just patterns that you've seen in the last years? Uh, because I think it's very good and powerful for, for somebody that's listening to go like, oh shit, like, wow, I can do that with yeah. doing just this. Oh, other people just like me are experiencing this and it's helping them out. So what do you feel are some of those things? Yeah. So, so that like all of those things that you were just talking about, if you're doing online business comes down to understanding who you're serving Mm -hmm. and being able to either, you know, cater your message to those people or figure out how to find like different people that you do want to serve. So if you do want to, you know, do more stuff in the gym with barbells and things like that, figure out how to target and get those people into your world. Um, but if you, if you do love doing that kind of home stuff and want to do that, then do more of that. So it's kind of just figure, like, there's no right or wrong yeah, in the no, online world. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. and if you coach coaches, like figuring out how to find those people and then catering, catering your message to that. So it's just figuring out who you want to serve and finding them and then creating content for that. Uh, but then to your question about, uh, remind me your question. It's like the, 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 the pattern that you're seeing from your audience, yes. Of what, what have been the love. yeah what have been like the biggest ahas and the biggest like this is what we love and what's mm-hmm. working uh, for us because yeah. it's important like I I think that because of the biases there is a lot of people for instance that are like you cannot get in great shape mm-hmm. with doing you know thirty minute workouts three days a week right. you cannot you know so what are the things that people have had success with that you guys coach on and do mm-hmm. that has been this big like wow this is really working awesomely mm-hmm. you know and and on the side of nutrition and on the side of right. lifestyle on, and training so as far as training goes twenty to thirty minute hit workouts are kind of our 
you know, big Bread thing. And butter, yep. Yeah. That's, that's what people enjoy so much because they, they don't have time or they don't have a ton of time and mm-hmm. they want to be able to get it in and be able to take their kids to soccer or be able to go to work and, uh, not have to be spending hours in the gym. Uh, a lot of body weight stuff, stuff with the, the glute bands has been yes. really, really effective and people have loved that. And then we do challenges. So that's something that creates a lot of buy-in and people get super into it. So these 30 day challenges, 45 day challenges have been really uh, successful for us because it creates this community, even if you aren't in the same room. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we've done the the 30 minute workouts and then we would provide nutrition as well. And then coaching groups. And that's really been something that people have loved, had a lot of buy-in and seen great results with. And I want to touch on that because there is like, there's, there's the dark side of challenges and then there's the way to do it. Right. Because there's a lot of good stuff about it. Sure. And, and I wanted to, you know, because one of the issues um, obviously is, is like if, um, and th- these are the, the things that I actually go like, eh, right. Where there's, uh, for instance, challenges, they're like, you know, guaranteed certain weight losses yeah. or, uh, you know, cause it can start creating, I say, totally. un- I would just say unrealistic behaviors that mm-hmm. can't be kept up. Right. Um, and so on one side you get this bad rap, uh, at the same time, like for instance, I've done a lot and, and not just challenges in fitness, but like I was just talking to my friend, Andy, you know, Andy McCloy, and I'm like, uh, and I challenge you to do two posts a day on Instagram every day for the next 30 days. You know, like why? Because I know if he does them, one, he's going to get positive feedback and that positive feedback is going to help him go like, man, man, I should be delivering more value. Because I'm like, you got a lot of knowledge, like you should share it. Um, and so that's a challenge, right? Like the challenge in fitness is like for somebody that maybe is like, you know what, I, I want to change something. And they join the challenge for 30 days, 45 days, mm-hmm. and they're doing stuff and they're doing it with a community that's supportive. What's the feedback? The feedback might not even be like, hey, I'm losing 20. It's like, hey, I'm losing some weight, but no, I'm feeling better. Yeah. I'm putting stuff in that self-esteem bank mm-hmm. account that we talked about earlier. And when you when you put more of those credits in there, you're like, OK, this yeah. is awesome. Right. And you get to the end. And I, I would assume that like you guys have a pretty good. I would say turn, I mean, not turnover, but conversion of yeah. people that go through the challenge and have are like, man, I love this community. Wow. Like I'm feeling better. I'm looking better. I want to continue this. Is, mm-hmm. is that some? is that what happens most of the time? Yes. So I, I love that point because that's why the coaching groups are really important. And the first week is always super challenging mm-hmm. as a coach because people come in with expectations. And even on the sales page, we, we never promise X amount of pounds yes. lost or anything yeah. like that. I'll, I'll give our last challenge as an example. It was our 45 day strong 45 challenge. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create this because I had so many women who wanted to work on being able to build lean muscle and feel stronger and more confident and more fit. So that's why we created this challenge. And it was my favorite thing ever. However, even in the midst of that, like people just pumped on getting stronger. You still have people who come in with the expectations of wanting to have X amount of pounds lost on the scale. And that is their goal. And so it's really important in everything that we do. It's all about lifestyle and habit change. So of course they're coming in for 45 days. We're going to help them get amazing results, but we're never saying you should weigh yourself on the scale and expect this amount of pounds to be lost. We're always about Take, take photos once a week, every other week, and you'll be able to see the body composition changes and then take notes of how do you feel? How are you per- increasing in your performance? Are you able to increase the weights? Are you able to do better reps? Are you 
increasing your form or making your form better, all of these different things. We, we show them this whole perspective and allow them opportunities for different ways to evaluate their progress. And this is also the same with nutrition. There's so much where it's like, okay, but tell me exactly what to eat on what day and the exact amount that I should be eating. And that's nothing about what we do. We teach habit change and we teach them overall nutrition approaches and allow them to be informed for themselves to understand what their body needs. And that's a really challenging first week. But it's so cool when people start being like, whoa, I fully understand how to do a Bulgarian split squat now. And I'm so much stronger. And I know how to feel myself post-workout because I've been practicing this and had a couple of days where I felt like it wasn't quite right. Now I fully understand. So those are the things that we try to really teach through this. And that's what I love. And that's why even at the beginning, I was like, this is how you do it the right way. And, and, <laughs> and from a standpoint of like, hey, like we understand, like, you understand marketing and, you know, uh, almost like sometimes, you know, giving the person what they what they yes. want, but then also like kind of secretly adding in what they need. Right. Because yes. we understand that. Like you, you I, I always tell people to get upset about shit like this. And I, I'm like, you got to play the game. You mm -hmm. can't you know, you can't be on the sidelines and go like, oh, what those guys are doing. I'm like, well, how are you going to help people change? Right. Right. You got to play the game. But what I love about it is like that you don't break integrity of of that and you're doing it the right way. And there's a right way to do this. And now it's harder. Yes. Like like you said, you know, um, that what people try to do is a lot easier. Like, well, here's your stuff. Right. Yeah. And then first of all, to me, that's unethical because do, come on, like if you gave me like a printout of some bullet points or some rules and stuff like that. And if you're not coaching and explaining, like, how do you expect people to change? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they haven't been able to change up until now. But if you educate and you support mm -hmm. and you, you know, sometimes ask challenging questions mm -hmm. and reframing. It helps people, you know, understand it better. And then you get that result. And you're not going, I think the you said a word expectations. I think that's critical because if you go in and you set expectations, and first of all, how do you know, you know, somebody maybe has gone and gained and lost weight seven times. Yeah. They're going to have some metabolic adaptation. It might be mm -hmm. a lot more challenging for them to change, uh, you know, how they feel. I was just saying definitely how they look mm -hmm. than somebody that's, their first time doing maybe right. a, a challenge that where they're trying to have body tra uh, transformation, right? So two different people, two different things, histories, experiences, mm -hmm. genetics, all that stuff, right? But if you focus on and you create expectations and go like, hey, let's focus on the behaviors here because that's the thing that you can control. And if you, you know, can do the check on the different behaviors to get you to where you want to go, like you're going to have the best results that you can, yes. right? That you can. Mm -hmm. And if you can teach people that, through challenges, I think the challenge is a great thing. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I knew that I wanted through this conversation, bring that up because um, everybody has a choice. You know, when you go online, like uh, you have to. And, and that's the other th part that I love is that what well, we started in 2013. Well, it's mm -hmm. 2019. Yeah. It's six years later. And, you know, you were saying that even in 2015, you were still like, hey, we're, you know, we're traveling the world. We're, we're, we're it's. It's tight, but like, hey, we're going to go do this. Mm -hmm. So two years later, you're still learning, you're, you're, you're growing, you're applying. Uh, and I feel like that's so important because somebody will look at you guys' accounts and email lists and IG mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that and go like, oh, well, you know, they're doing this stuff. And so that's what I got to do. I'm just going to go quickly and build this stuff quickly. And it's like, no, like you guys spend a lot of time learning about who your audience is, what they need, how to serve them, how to give them the best value and the best content and educate them. 
and then there's some snowball effect that yes. happens and you get results. You get yeah. people results and people talk and you have mm-hmm. social proof and all these good things. Right. Um, and one of those, I lost my train of thought because there was something that I know you brought up that, yeah. that I, that I wanted to, um, to ask about and I know it'll come back to me. I'm sure. It'll yeah. Oh, it, it's, um, it's about like the, the content and the education and talking, I mean, building of content, for the audience yes. and so that's what at what point in time were you guys like i like we just want to do stuff that gives value to the end user so that they know what we do and they already get like what i call value in advance i think that's mm-hmm. so important right that um at the conference i was showing some kind of examples of you know videos that i put out there and people are like oh my god i did that and it worked and my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore for instance mm-hmm. right like or, wow, this workout is, is, is challenging, but super, I feel great. And it was only 20, you know, four minutes or whatever. Like at what point in time did you go like, all right, let's focus, uh, like, or let's say how, what is your approach on the content that you built? Yeah. Like what makes you decide? Cause I know you get together and, and kind of build out like the things that you're going to put out. Like what is your approach to, uh, creating valuable content for your audiences? Cause that's mm-hmm. so important. So when I'm thinking about content, I think about a few different things, but I have three different counts. Um, so we have hit burn, hit max, and then my personal one, the daily Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about our, our fitness business with hit burn and hit max, uh, with hit burn, it's very much, uh, workout ideas, exercise ideas that will inspire people to move their bodies. So those are also very engaging. They tend to get a lot of shares, a lot of comments, a lot of engagement just in general. And so that's a great way to really just spread the word about what we do and who we are through interval training. So we just provide a lot of different ideas. And then on our HitMax page is really about the overall company with what we provide. So it's a lot about the community, the products that we have. And then also we include some workout ideas some nutrition stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So when we're thinking about content, it's, it's okay. What, what workouts are going to be effective? We're not just putting together BS exercises just to create them or yep. is, are these exercises paired together that are going to be a really great workout for somebody? Or are they a bunch of different variations for maybe beginner, intermediate, advanced? There's always a purpose behind it. And so we think about that for hip burn and then hip max is really about just creating the community and get people, getting people involved and, um, showing the, the entire company and always providing value in every single post that we do. And then my daily Kelsey page I created because I wanted to teach more about relationship with food and exercise and helping everyone put it all together. And Mm -hmm. so when I, when I think about content for that, I really take a sort of Seinfeld approach where he does observational comedy. And I like to do observational content where everybody has these certain thoughts and feelings and emotions around food and exercise, things that pop into their head frequently on some level. Mm -hmm. And so I try to pay attention to things that people say about food, about exercise, about their bodies and take those things and use them as teaching tools and learning moments and help people think differently about their bodies based on these thoughts that pop in their head. And so that's what I really like to do for my daily Kelsey. And then I also just try to be relatable and help people understand that you can be human and enjoy life and go out and enjoy any food that you want or take a day off or also work super hard. And how do, how do you make all these things coexist? Well, so I try to just make health and fitness more accessible and relatable. And you do a great job with that, by the way. And I love that. I love that point. Observational content, uh, because 
you know, one of the, one of my tips to people, because everybody gets so in their head about this, yeah. you know, like what I do, what's the thing that I'll do that'll blow up my account? Or mm-hmm. it's like, well, there's no one thing that you'll right. do. But one of my favorite ways is that like when you when you're coaching clients and if you have five, you know, if you have 10 and of course, if you have more, uh, there's things that even before they came to you, they struggled with. But even now, like as you're coaching, they struggle with. Right. They're asking you these questions like, well, but, you know, I'm doing this, but I still don't know how to, you know, kind of maneuver around this. Right. And navigate around this this obstacle that I'm facing and been facing. Great. Like if there's if you have a client that's facing this, like there's thousands of people in your community facing the same thing create some content that like you know one thing that's going to help them out with that right Mm -hmm. and and tell a good story about it and be personable about it and and do more of that and i i always felt like i I actually still have like these journals that i just write in like when there's something that pops up somebody says something like "Hmm, that's interesting okay cool let me write this down for the next piece of content oh and this and this and it'll give you everything that you need uh, and then being I like that, you, you know, brought up Seinfeld and Jay, I, I know Jay Frouge will be very happy with that. Uh, that's his favorite, his favorite comedy. But um, I think that's a great point. And the second part, I think that is good. You know, there's there's you can't like put a post up that's like, here's the big solution to everything. Yes. Right. But it's like, how do you chop out? I always think of it this way. There's one big problem. Right. So let's say the big problem is like I want to lose you know, weight in a healthy and sustainable way. And I saw like a little bubble, right? And out of that bubble, you got these different arrows because that problem consists of other problems. Uh, one of those problems might be lack of sleep, right? Because that's going to help you put it this way. It's going to be a problem with recovering, cortisol levels, going to mess up your hormones. You're probably going to be more irritable, anxious. That's going to lead to different eating things, right? So that's another little problem when they're there. And then obviously there's the food and there's this, right? So I always say, well, look, Take the and then under the sleep bubble, there's like what are certain things that maybe affect that? Mm-hmm. Address one of those. Like give people one bite-sized chunk of something they can do, and it's helpful. Yeah. Right? I'll give an example of something that I did on the Daily Kelsey. So mm-hmm. I do those QA stickers a lot. Every week I'll do yeah, one. Yeah. And uh every single week I get how do I resist sweets? How do I resist dessert? Things I know like that's that. a big one. You've, you've answered that. Yep. Yeah. And and I get that question all the time in, in coaching as well and in our challenges. Everyone always asks that. And so a lot of people think that they need to resist sweets in order to get the results that they want. But I have a very different perspective on that and how to teach a lifestyle approach in that. So an example of that is taking that their exact question verbatim. And it's a catchy headline because everyone wants to know how to resist sweets. So mm-hmm. that's my headline, how to resist sweets. And then in the video, I, I teach about the, the overall perspective of how you can create balance by choosing nu- nutrient-dense foods the majority of the time, but then also choose moments where you do enjoy sweets and you don't have to feel guilt or stress about that. So I teach how to make that habit change versus putting a rule in place for resisting sweets, which is never going to work because putting those rules and restrictions in place is not sustainable. So I take their question and teach how they should actually do the habit change versus telling them, well, you know, just drink more water to like yeah, get rid yeah, of the craving yeah. or chew a piece of gum or something like that. Those things, sure, they can work for a short period of time, but it's not going to last. So, you know, taking taking those questions and then turning them into teaching topics is huge. That's awesome. I mean, and that anybody can do that. Yeah. Today, like Somebody's probably listening to this going like, oh, man, somebody just asked me this today. Yes. Right. And you yeah, can do that. Common. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you continue to do that, that's the thing. If you know your audience, you know who you're speaking to and you start breaking these problems down 
And it's like, you're already doing them. I mean, you're already doing this stuff face to face. Um, like you will build value, you know, and you don't have to, that's the other thing too. Cause there's people who say, well, I want to get to X, Y, Z. Uh, you know, what's a really, really powerful point. I'm not, I know I'm kind of interjecting myself, which is what I tend to do quite often. <laughs> um, but, um, the late Sean Stevenson that just passed away, you know, this, uh, the uh, yeah. three foot giant, yes. amazing human being. And I, I, I can't remember, like, I'm, I think I might have been watching him live in actually in Arizona years ago where he said something like this. So somebody in the crowd um, said, well, you know, I'm only getting I'm only getting 150 views on my videos. And uh, like I want to have uh, like hundreds of thousands of millions like you and you. Right. And um. Man, he made this insanely like just powerful point. And he said, if tomorrow a plane falls from the sky and 150 people die, it would be a tragedy, a national tragedy, right? Uh, if, I don't know, 150 people drown because the ship goes down or anything else, right? It would be worldwide news, let alone national news, right? And it would be tragic. But when you're affecting 150 people, like you look at it as like not enough. So like, what are you more worried about? Like mm -hmm. impacting human beings or numbers? Mm -hmm. And that would be like, if that doesn't make you go like, right? right? Like then, then I don't know because mm -hmm. you know what, you know what? Like if you help the, like if, if a person comes into my gym, that's the only person that exists when I talk yeah. to them about helping them. Right. And same thing when you shoot something for, you know, a video a workout, you know, educate, right. Mm -hmm. Through those questions that you get, um, that's what you're just talking to that one person, you know, and if the 150 people watch it, but only 15 watch it the whole way through, that's 15 people that maybe go and do something. And if you could like continue to provide that value, more and more people are going to share it. They're going to talk to others about it. And like, yeah, maybe one tells another and maybe it takes a while, but mm -hmm. that's the approach I feel that you have to have and not get out inside of you. You got to get in your heart and get out of your head and, and, mm -hmm. and just be in your head. Like, well, but these guys in comparison and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, so I, I, I wanted to make that point because yeah. I know that, I mean, even I, I thought that at one point in time, right? I mean, I've been doing like YouTube stuff for like I don't know, 11 years yeah. now, you know, and, uh, and IG is like, it starts slow and you're working hard, and, right? And you just got to keep the right frame uh, in, in mind about how this stuff works mm -hmm. and continue coming back to, you know, your purpose and your values and yeah. your, uh, I would say, your unique abilities. Now, the the other part that I wanted to talk about, which is th there's the side of like I want to have more followers, and but that but then there's the fear of mm -hmm. the uh, like putting yourself out there. And I I we t I said I gotta I gotta talk to you about this like mm -hmm. months ago, um, in what I call the 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 the, the poppy syndrome, right? Like yeah. the the poppy flower. If there's one that stands out too much, they chop it down because they all gotta look the same, and a lot of people go through that. They're like, oh man, but if I pull myself out there, somebody will say that I'm uh, not fit enough, that I'm dumb, that I don't know how to speak and I'm doing this. And like, so they, the fear overcomes them. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about two different things. One is how did you, oh, did you have that? And then how did you overcome it? And uh, number two is, I know that like the, the, the bigger you get as far as more people to follow on social media, you start getting a lot of craziness, right? Like, and we've like comments just out, you know, just like hurtful, uh, crazy. I mean, you name it, right? But I really wanted to dig into that because I know that's important for for a lot of people that's li that are listening. Yeah. So, yes, I did have those fears for sure, especially as someone who tends to 
have more of a perfectionist personality. Mm -hmm. And so I would do a video and it would take me all day to do the video because it was never good enough. And so when I first started, I mean, I was, I was not good on camera. I was not confident. I, I, it took me forever. And after a while, you know, I would put something out there and it'd, it'd be fine, you know, but the, the process really is just do it. Just practice. Yeah. No one is really going to be that good on camera when they first start or whatever they're doing, but that's, that's any craft you have to practice. And so, so for me, I just started putting it out there. And then when, you know, a few years ago, I was just having a rough day. I could not spit anything out. I have no idea why, but it was just one of those off days. Everyone has them. And I was trying to record a video. So a few hours later, I was, uh, I said, you know what? I'm just not going to do it today. And I went through and I took all of the mistakes that I did and I compiled it into a blooper reel and I posted it and, <laughs> and it got so much engagement. People were like, wow, thank you for posting that. Like that's so real. And it was funny because I was, I looked ridiculous, but people really enjoyed that. And it was something that, yeah, it wasn't perfect. It was all mistakes, but that's what allowed me to be able to be more relatable and to be able to bring people into my world that day. So. You know, you know what's, what's crazy is that I, it really goes back to what you were talking about when you went into therapy. It was mm -hmm. that is rejection therapy, yeah. right? You you're going, fuck it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna put it out there and like let the people say what they want, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and what's so amazing because rejection therapy, like I you know. I learned about that a long time ago. It was like one of my mentors was like, man, go ask like just weird stuff of people every day. Like them, you're going to get mostly no's, yeah. right? Um, just to be like, hey, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And what would happen is like I'd make these weird requests and a lot of people would just say yes, wow. you know? And it was like, and it, you know, I was like, hey, can you like put two donuts together as one, like a figure <laughs> eight? You know, I, I, rem I don't can't remember which place I went to. Uh, I can't remember. But, but I literally went in and asked yeah. that question, you know? And they were like, I don't know. Let me check. And they, they made me like a figure eight donut. That's you know, amazing. and I was like, that's crazy. You ask, you ask weird stuff like that. Yeah. You, you'll get it. Right. But, but I feel like that's so important because you, when you posted that, you probably were like, wow, like I got way more. You might've not even gotten any negative yeah. feedback, but people go like, wow, this is so cool to see. Like, Hey, you fail. Uh, like you did a lot of the, like yeah. a lot of shots before you got to this one. Right. And so I feel like there's so much power uh, behind that because it just like it works and it helps you overcome fears. Like you can't I always said a saying like that. There's no way you can overcome a fear by avoiding the fear. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's just absolutely no way to do that. And, um, you know, so that like whatever I, I challenge, you, I always like to challenge, you know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, what can you do today? That's not maybe massive, but is like rejection therapy, you know, something that you've been scared to do. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Just do it. And because the, the even if you get a no, you'll realize it's not that scary. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you might get a yes. Yeah. Now, the second part of it is like, how do you do, you know, once you do start getting, uh, because, you know, unfortunately we live in this world where uh, some people, because of, it's kind of like the Debbie Ford, right? Her, uh, uh, why good people do bad things, right? Like hurt people, hurt people. And when people are in a, in a, in a negative state, a lot of times they take it out on others. But you, once you have a bigger reach, you start getting, um, a lot of, I would say, you know, you get hate, you get crazy comments and stuff like that. Now, have you seen, have you seen that go up and how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. 
yes, I have definitely seen it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's something that if you put yourself out there, which I hope every single person does, you will get negative feedback. Mm -hmm. You will get haters. And that is okay. We're not going to please everybody. And that's something that doesn't feel good, but it also is an important part of the process to just learn how to work through those things just as a human being. Um, so yes, it has gone up a lot and I, I get comments all the time. I get mean things all the time and I've really tried to, uh, take those and use them as a teaching tool. Of course, at first it was like, Hey, like, what, why did you say that, man? <laughs> it sucks, but, but it, those things, I mean, often they're about my body. So people will say things like, you look like a man, like your arms look like a dude. Why would I want abs that look like my boyfriend's? Um, you have no butt. Why are you teaching, you know, how to grow your butt? You have no boobs. You're not sexy. Like all of this stuff. And to each their own. I mean, they can think whatever they want, but it's important to understand that those negative things shouldn't impact me as an individual because I know my purpose Mm -hmm. and it's so much bigger than what, you know, Joe sitting on his couch in his underwear thinks. So absolutely. I think that, I think that's a great point. Like you have to, um, first of all, you have to disconnect that from, from like the values that you have or how you are. Cause otherwise it can get, it, it just becomes like very, very burdensome, right? Yeah. But I, I liked what you said as far as like use that as a teaching yes. tool, right? And use that as a teaching tool, not on, because the natural response would be like 10 years ago, <laughs> I'm just talking smack, right? Like, <laughs> but, but, it, but it's like same thing. That's your own insecurities coming out to play. Uh, whereas now it can be like, okay, wow, that's harsh. Let me use yes. that to teach everybody, one, why that might not be a good thing to do. And two, like if you hear that from someone from somewhere, how, you know, one, it's not true. And like that shouldn't uh, reflect your own kind of self-image. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's, you know, very, very, very important with, uh, I would say, the youth even more so. And mm-hmm. I, I, I hope, I mean, do, do you have a, quite a few, I would say, uh, you know, that, those ages, like 14, 15 to 20, early 20s that, that, that follow you, that you get any feedback from? Yeah, all the time. I get I get messages all the time from people who, you know, are are struggling with their bodies and not knowing the best foods to eat and just are so not confident in who they are and they say that my content is empowering for them because if I, you know, get a comment like that and understand how to twist the narrative to be able to be beneficial to me, they can learn how to do that too. Yes, that's that's amazing because I know like, you know, just the feedback that I've gotten from people directly, um, from even like kids that train here mm-hmm. that will say things like, you, you know, uh, you kind of start looking at the landscape that they get bullied or made fun of in mm-hmm. school. And, you know, th- to get that empowering message, you know, might be the thing that helps them be like, you know what, they're they're not right. Like yeah. they're, they're they're insecure and they've got stuff going on and that's on them, not on me, you know, right. and and I would encourage everybody because, you know, you, you do things like that. How many people are you affecting, you know, um, that to, to, to kind of like smash that poppy syndrome because, you know, your voice, like I said, it can affect, you know, maybe at the beginning it's five people or 10 people or 50. But, you know, as you keep doing it, like you're helping hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of people eventually, uh, you know, to be able to do something they otherwise wouldn't do or feel better about themselves when you know they're they were constantly feeling like they're not enough or they're not worth it um and you know that's i i feel like 
that is the the right reason and the right microphone for social media. Yeah. You know. And it's interesting because, you know, a piece of that is the the bullying, the online bullying that has become so prevalent and a huge problem just, you know, with the youth and depression, anxiety, suicide, all that stuff. So it's important to bring these things to light as teaching topics to try and reduce that, of course. And then the other aspect is if people are willing to say this to other people, imagine what they're saying to themselves mm. in their own head. And yeah. so that's a huge thing that is is a piece of why I do that. And it's not it's not to say, oh, screw the haters, right? I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. of course, people think that that's interesting, but it, the the real point of the teaching is, okay, if, if someone said that to her and I said that to myself, how can I really flip the script to be mm. able to see the value in, in my perceived flaws or to be able to celebrate what my body can do for me versus having to pick myself apart in the mirror, what the scale says or whatever it is to be able to view themselves with more confidence through that. I th and, you know, making that point, which is, which is powerful. I, I view those people now sometimes not with like, you know, getting angry at them. I'm, I'm literally like, man, what are they going through? And, and, and rather than like beating them down, it's almost a lot of times I'll ask a question, you know, and a question not being like, Hey, you're less of this, that, the other, but just kind of reframe, mm -hmm. you know? And, and the thing is sure, maybe you can't change their mind, but I feel like creating a positive response or, uh, you know, not doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause of course what, what happens like if, if you come at me, I come back at you where nothing's going to get resolved. Right. right. But if you, you know what, but if you show some compassion and empathy, like, first of all, it's a representation of your values and how you operate in the world. And number two, like maybe that person goes like, hmm, okay, you know what? I, I like nothing good is coming out of that. She makes a good point, you know, <laughs> like what, and, and I, I feel that also that reflects well on you, but, but I, I feel like, you know, even though it's social media, like you have a, a opportunity to showcase who you are mm -hmm. by the way that you respond, the way that you behave. And I know, like, I, I get it. Like it's, you know, you can do a hundred takes and put the best light of you on there. Um, but I, I feel that over time, first of all, the audio matches the video. Like what I love is, you know, I love because, um, you know, events like the Big Run Fitness Business Summit, you know, bringing uh, people like you guys out and, and all these amazing speakers and that, that I'm honored to call my friends. And that because you guys are great human beings doing great stuff in the world, what's awesome is when then now hundreds of people come, they go like, like you're wow, like this is you. Like you're there. That, that's what I get. Right. Yeah. And and I feel like that is extremely important and that uh, I feel like we have a responsibility. Right. We all have a responsibility to push more of that because, um, you know, Gary Vee says this and, and I've been fortunate enough to hang out with him quite a bit is is that negativity is winning right now. Right. It's almost like people get attracted to the negativity because it's it's just noise and it's kind of like very reality TV ish and it's drama. And it's, right. And. And we have a responsibility to help the positivity win, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's education, whether it's entertainment, but like positive entertainment, right? Like, um, and that doesn't mean that you can't joke around and say silly stuff, but that I, I feel that, you know, and anybody that goes like, well, but those guys, they're doing, okay, cool. Well, now you have an opportunity to do it the other way. You have the opportunity to spread, you know, like I said, not only positivity, but like help people get more educated about it and lift them up and challenge them. If somebody's talking shit, you know what? You can still respond in a way that's different than what people expect, right? Because you don't want to get pulled into the kind of cyclone of negativity, right? And so I, 
I'm like big on that where, it, you know, if you're listening to this and, you know, Kelsey and Daniel's doing an incredible job of this where you're not like getting pulled into that, like you're flipping it around. It's like, you know, you're making like lemon meringue pie to those lemons <laughs> and I'm eating that shit. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so that that's I feel like that's, that's crazy powerful. Um, what, one of the things that I, I wanted to touch on, like, I, will, I mean, I love talking training, but also for people to get a view of like what your training is like, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to, to, to look at that and go like, well, you know, sure. Like Kelsey's posting all these things, but she's probably training seven days a week and mm-hmm. she's doing this and she's doing that and she's right. But Hey, what is your training like yeah. right now? You know, on just that, like the average, right? Average. What I mean on average kind of like week day, like what would you, and what do you enjoy? Like, mm-hmm. what do you enjoy doing? but to keep you in shape and where you are right now? Yeah, so for training, I typically train between three and five days per week, usually more around five. And I love lifting. So right now I I will do body part splits. So usually uh, two upper, two lower, and maybe one full body. And then I always do some sort of short finisher at the end. So that's where my hit stuff comes in. So usually, you know, between five and 10 minutes of hit after that. I've been super into rowing lately. So I've been doing a lot of sprints on that. Um, but yeah, I just, how, I love how long do you like, so with that, like how long do your training sessions usually last? Uh, usually about an hour. About an hour. Under. Yeah. Okay. So I like that's, I think that's important because if you look at that, you're like, okay, well five days a week for about an hour. Like, okay, so you're training five hours a week. Right. Yeah. Um, and most people might be like, Oh, I thought you were training at least 10. Right. Yeah. Like I thought you were doing conditioning and this and that and the other. And, you're like, no. And you like, like same thing. Like I like lifting, yeah. right? I, I train five to six days a week. Usually I'll do four lifts and then two conditionings. And I guess like, I like boxing. And so yeah. I bring a boxing coach in and this, that, and that, and the other. Um, but, and the thing is, is like, you're doing that in five hours a week mm-hmm. and like people can do it. For, for instance, I do feel like if you want to get in great shape, that you have to dedicate a certain amount of time to doing that. Now, Here's the second part that I really want to bring to light. So let's say, okay, you're, you know, you're eating in line with your goals and you're training five hours a week. And somebody go like, well, I don't have five hours a week. Because for some people, they'll yeah. be like, well, that's too much, right? But if you're literally not doing anything right now, like as far as like uh, intentional, right? Anything intentional for training that like if you do two 30-minute sessions a week, like you're in a better place. Like you will feel better. You do better. And what's cool about that is like, as you start doing them, like you'll end up going like, okay, well feel good. Like maybe I want to do more. Mm-hmm. And and I've really changed like the old me, which was like, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody was like, I go to Zumba and I'd be like, Zumba's not as good for fat loss, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you, cause you're just like, you're still, your ego is still, I would say a little sure. too, too big. Um, but but now I'm like, man, I love anything that people do. I'm like, that's yeah. so awesome. And what I realized too is, um, like, we have a client, Bonnie. She's awesome, and she started. And she actually is, uh, does, she's a Zumba instructor, super good. Cool. Like, she's awesome. And but she started like through Zumba, right? And it was like she did that, and that led her into like, hey, I, I think I want to do some more stuff. I think I want to start lifting weights, right? And I, I always think about it like. You know, now if, if people say something like that, like I, I stop that right away because mm-hmm. why would you ever discourage somebody from doing more than what they're doing? Like that and, and you know, that gets them off maybe the couch or not doing anything to start moving. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if have you ever like gone to Zumba or like watched a Zumba. I've like, seen like, it, yeah. it? <laughs> Tell me that you like, have you ever seen a person not smiling when they're doing Zumba? Oh, my gosh. 
they're having the best time the, ever. Always. And yeah. I, so uh, we'll do probably like once a month, Bonnie will come in and like go with the stronger lady. And it's like, they just scratch the lifting and they just do Zumba for like so, an hour, hour plus. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, and sometimes I come in and, you know, of course you do. Do, my, do my thing, you know, <laughs> but, but it's like, I'm always like smiling because I might be lifting while they're doing it. Cause it's like an evening and I'll look at, you know, and some of the guys will jump into and, and I'm like, everybody's smiling. Yeah. Cause it's fun. Right. Cause, and so if you can connect something that is activity based, exercise based, that is fun and makes you smile, that's like the biggest win in the world. I, I would actually almost rather that a person does that first than go into, you know, hard lifting and not enjoy it. It's so true. If you actually enjoy it, you're going to be so much more likely to stay consistent. And that's kind of the gateway to being able to build habits. Uh, yes, absolutely. And of course, you know, there are certain things that may be better than other for goals. For but sure. if a person is doing nothing versus doing something, the something is going to be better 10 times out of 10. And, and there's, and that's, and that's, um, I would say there's a danger there, right? Cause I, I always try to draw, like going back to that education, draw that continuum, right? Like you're here, this is what you want. Now to get this, here's the optimal amount of different things that you have mm -hmm. to do to be here, right? Mm -hmm. Your dream body, right? Yes. But, but right now you're here and like to get ahead, you have to just do like more than what you're doing right now. And it doesn't have to be lifting four or five days a week. It doesn't have to be, you know, and coming from somebody that's like, Hey, I want to gym and like I do online coaching. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm like, maybe that's not what you should right. be doing. Right. It actually is a better first step. Um, I, where it could be, I don't know what, like Pilates or bar or, right. or like, I'm, I'm not going to down any one of those things because if those things get you in and get you surrounded by people, they're uplifting and you smile and you have fun and you want to come back. I'm like, man, a high five. Like, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Right. And you're somewhere on a continuum and you're going to see some results and it's going to motivate you. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the next step is some body weight workouts at home and maybe some kettlebells and maybe, maybe it is going to a group class. Maybe like the, just know that the path is whatever your path is. And then there is no, the best way is what's right for you right. and and not some kind of like you know kind of generic best way for everybody even though we know that there's best practices and there's best um you know like we know hey lifting weights and things like that are very beneficial you want to build lean muscle you want, right there's all these yes, like principles that we know but the truth is like hey for somebody that's sedentary that like if they go do body weight stuff that's going to challenge them. they're going to build muscle right even if like i said if you're doing for somebody who hasn't really done much to do Zumba, they're going to be doing some type of squatting and lunging and mm -hmm. right stepping. And like, you're going to see now, of course you want to progress that, but I just want to make sure that like people are encouraged to just do stuff, you know, like, Hey, I really love hiking. Cool. Go hike once a week. Like that's a lot of step ups. You know what I mean? Like, yes. uh, and, and, and that's like shifted my stuff so much that, uh, I, I just feel like wh whatever people do. And if you love, you know, and definitely like, and we'll talk about this then, but like, uh, check out Hitburn and Hitmax and Kelsey's page and what you're doing. Like, it's awesome. Do it. Like it's, and honestly, it's so, uh, I would say so many people can, can do that approach. Right. But if you want to do something different, like cool, right. Don't feel bad because we do live in like the, the so, social media has also created a lot of like, if you don't do this, you're stupid. Yes. You know, uh, if you don't, if you don't, you know, back squat, if you don't do this, if you don't deadlift, if you don't like everybody has something that's like, if you don't do that, you're a dumbass, Right. And, uh, and I'm like, that, that's crazy. You know, that, that can be discouraging to people. Um, and I think you always have to create context. And mm -hmm. I do believe that, sure, like I get it, you know, your niche and you have this site and you're talking about whatever, but I, I feel that it's important 
that you put things into context and you make people feel good and not feel lesser or that they're dumb for not doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I feel like you guys have done that at a, an incredible level. And I, I really feel like you're shining light in on the platforms. And, and I hope that I, I hope that somebody is listening to this, that, you know, Hipper and Kelsey will be an inspiration to to go like, hey, I want to do stuff like that so that we can get more people doing that. Um, and with because I could talk to you all day, yeah. I could definitely talk to you all day. But um, what are some, I guess, closing thoughts that like that that you'd like to share with um, I, two two things that with just people that are in in a place where they're not feeling that great and they know they need to make a change. Um, and they did like to get fitter, mm-hmm. healthier, look, you know, look better, feel more confident. So that's the first one. But the second one is to coaches, you know, to coaches, whether they are in the brick and mortar, face to face, skin to skin space, or if they're, like I said, wanting to go online or a hybrid, which is obviously a lot of what's going on, too. Um, you know, what are some thoughts that you have maybe to share one or two that you feel that would be helpful? Yeah. So for a person who is trying to get more fit and maybe improve their nutrition towards certain goals, I think that taking a step back and just knowing that there's so much shame and so much guilt and so much, this is right, this is wrong out there. And to just take a deep breath and know that you can figure it out for you as an individual. And like you were saying, you're not stupid or wrong for choosing one way or another, but everyone is different and needs slightly different things. So in the work that I do, I really try to help people understand what they need as an individual and honor that. And so if you're in that place, uh, just know that you don't have to be super strict in the things that you do. You don't have to cut out entire food groups completely. You don't have to count everything that you eat if you don't want to. And I, you know, I personally recommend a more flexible approach, Mm -hmm. but just letting you know that it's okay to, to start wherever you're at and that you're not behind, you're not doing things you know, wrong, but just figuring out what's best for you as an individual is what's most important. Awesome. And to the coaches, to the coaches, figure out what you want to teach, what your core competencies are and figure out your voice as a coach. And especially in the online world to be able to reach those people. That's so important and to not change who you are and what you believe just to try and sell more, but to really figure out how to try and sell who you are is crucial and that's why i asked you that damn it because it was so good <laughs> thank you so much i can't i mean like sometimes you know I, I would say that the hardest thing for me is that like i legitimately could just talk to you for hours uh <laughs> and we will we'll do more of this for sure um but with that said i, I you know if people don't know where to find you like what are the main places that they can find out more about you obviously following you on social media um and just get a lot more of the awesomeness from both education standpoint and the inspiration standpoint what are some places they can go? Yeah. So my, my personal Instagram is at the daily Kelsey. And that's where I talk a lot about relationship with food and exercise and how to just create a, a lifestyle that allows you to be your best self. So that's my personal Instagram. And then for, for exercises and workouts at Hitburn, so H-I-I-T-B-U-R-N on Instagram. And then for our overall company is at Hitmax, H-I-I-T-M-A-X. Awesome. With that said, okay, guys, listen, like this is, uh, you know, another one of those times where I, I, I feel like there was a lot, a lot of great value given. Um, but 
my my question, my challenge to you is like to take something that you heard, something that fired you up, something that um, you know inspired you, or, or a tactical thing that you heard, and like do something with it. You know, one of one of the things I, I constantly preach on this on this podcast is, you know, think think things through a little bit, but then do something about it. Right, move forward just a little bit because if you listen to one of these a week and you take fifty two action steps a week, you're gonna be in a different place than what you were before. Um, and as always, we love the reviews. Like, I, I really hope you guys share this a lot. Everybody needs to hear this. This is, you know, just amazing as far as, like, what people need to hear in a fitness space, both as a client as an, and as a coach. Um, so please share this. You know, always, uh, if you can, leave a review because it does help out. Spread the word. The podcast is getting bigger. A lot of people are getting more help. And I can't thank you enough about that because you could be anywhere else. But you're here listening to this, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. With that said, Coach Luca, Kelsey, we're out. Love you guys. Peace.